Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to the Discus Lariat Collective Podcast with your hosts, Warren, Daryl, and Glenn. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Discus Larry Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Warren, and I'm here with Glenn today. So, Hello there. It's just us two today. We're just going to run down what happened on NXT this past week. Uh, pretty good show overall. Surprising when you look at, I suppose, the ratings that have been blurted out and slapped all over the internet. You have AEW having like 800 plus thousand and an NXT hitting maybe six, I think it was 610 or something, or 616. Yeah, so obviously, now I personally don't care about the ratings. Some people obviously live and die with the ratings, especially, I suppose, people like us who are on the internet talking about wrestling. So a lot of people, yeah, they, they live and die by it. They won't have any other thing. Like I seen a tweet actually, I only seen it earlier. I meant to say it to you. It was some fella and he just tweeted and he was like, this has gone beyond the joke now at this stage. AEW are clearly winning this war. Move NXT. Use the hashtag and all. And I was just thinking to myself, it's like, it's not really a war, to be to be honest with you. It never was, and it never will be. Like, if you look at a war, that was the Monday Night War. You're looking at 4 million people tuning in either side. Like, um, WCW or um, WWE back then. So, that's a war. And that that was on the when you had two billionaires essentially battling it out. When you look at it now, yeah. it's... Yeah, they're both billionaires. Yeah, they both have a wrestling product, but at the same time, though, it's not nowhere near it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the landscape as a whole is not what it was twenty years ago, even two years ago, when you could say the times were about as relevant as they were gonna get. Now, look at the look at the landscape today. Global pandemic, like limited performers or perform performances like that are going ahead, and I think people are I don't know majorly forgetting that entertainment mediums were smaller in the in the time of the Monday Night Wars. So when you have less, um, what's the best way? If you have less lanes on a on a on a freeway or a motorway, you get more traffic. Like yeah. it's just you you have less me- entertainment mediums in the nineties. Like half of these people are like, there's more views for some of the WWE YouTube videos on a weekly basis than there would be on some other. It's it's not really the same. I mean, if we're going based off ratings and views. Wouldn't that make like Gangnam Style the greatest song of all time? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's like I understand the, what would you say, not necessarily the obsession, but I, I understand certain parts of, certain aspects of why people like the ratings. It is cool to see it, the particular trend here and there, but I wouldn't say to myself, Jesus, look, NXT had a, had a bad rain weeks now, a ra- bad ratings week this week, and do you know what? I'm gonna just sk- skip over now to AEW next week. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I'd prefer to watch them all, to be honest with you, and then make my own yeah. assumption. Um, like NXT this week, which we're gonna, we may as well jump into it now. But I thought it was like an absolute stellar show. It was deadly. Like, it was a banger. Yeah, from it start was, to finish. Was, yeah. Like, look at the shows that followed up pay per views over the last three months. Find me a better post pay per view show. 
you might be able to. I, I'm happy to be challenged. That NXT, as far as an after Royal Rumble show, was a fucking ripper. Yeah, it was. It was an absolute yeah. ripper. Yeah. Excellent it's, show. It was two hours and there was like so much in them two hours as well. Um, in terms mm-hmm. of even even wrestling, like usually a lot of the shows after um, say a Mania or a Rumble, like we were at WrestleMania 33, the Raw after, yeah. don't get me wrong, it was great, the buzz in the, in the crowd, but it's almost like they know there's going to be a buzz so they can afford yeah. to be like, I oh, will just send someone out on the mic for 20 minutes or we'll, we'll give them this match while the ads are on. That, that's what happens, do you know what I mean? Um, whereas nowadays, as you were saying, global pandemic, you don't have people in the kind of arena around. So they almost have to make up yeah. for it a little bit, which is funny because we were only saying before about crowd reactions. You could have John Cena or Roman Reigns getting booed out of the building, but now there's no one there. So you could cheer, you could put yeah. that canned noise of cheering on if you needed to. But um, it's weird, they couldn't have to make you can, up. You it. can manipulate the narrative easier from, yeah. a, from a showmanship or an entertainment standpoint. You can almost create like sitcom levels of response. But, you know, like I do think that what they're doing down in NXT compared to what we've seen on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the other main shows, there, there's subtle differences, but they're enough that, like even tr- take a look at how they treated the women's matches. Matches. Yeah. Plural. Yeah. You're just yeah, like they're telling the stories in the ring when it's relevant, and then like I'd say one of my favorite segments, and I had to have been the Gargano segment where they're just letting someone do their thing, letting the character shine. Yeah, it did like the the pun was the way thing, but like he didn't he didn't have like his catchphrase like you know like you know I'm awesome like so it's it's organic you know and that's oh, it is yeah. little tidbits about that we look we'll touch straight onto it if you want to start if you want to start straight in yeah sure sure so um opening the the card anyway was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro or Catanzaro Catanzaro that's Catanzaro yeah Yeah. so basically this was a Dusty Dusty Rhodes tag team classic match I think it was a quarter no semi-final I think yeah semi-final Uh, yeah yeah, yeah, semi-final yeah yeah so um, uh, Casey and Caden they're more of a high flying team and then Dakota Kai and Raquel are more of a heel kind of beat you down kind of team and they played off each other perfectly I thought Um, it was a fairly long match like to open the show which was I was glad because usually as we were saying you usually have someone come out and just chatting them away for 20 minutes to open the show so it was good to see just opening the show action packed like literally there was the the high spots the lot lot of tag team kind of moves which was deadly but then they kind of played off the fact that Raquel is going to literally hold you down and beat the shit out of you and then these other two are going to try do high flying moves consistently and um i thought it was deadly yeah like right from like the second i got out of the gate it was just constant action like caden got a lot of offense in she looked a bit jittery at the start um maybe that was just me yeah. i don't know she looked a bit jittery but she kind of came into herself then that kind of as the match went on and raquel yeah. though literally i can't get over it she's literally just come on leaps and bounds so good like i honestly thought she was gonna be like, in the rumble there was a there was a lot to be said about the match and obviously we don't want to be uh giving you the entire play by play that's what that's what the internet and network and youtube world for but um couple of spots couple of things that really uh, shall be critical uh grievances but um cat and zaro's uh tone vocal spot and her uh light climb with the crossbody excellent like we're seeing degrees of athleticism from the women that is just it's 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 on par with their talent like they were able to take whatever mistakes and botches were made just run with them it wasn't like you can you can almost ignore them for the fact that we got that. Uh, Dakota Kai playing the almost Enzo cast dynamic bitch heel, just fucking like oh, well, better better tag in Raquel, you know, like yeah, here we go dead. type of thing. Um, 
I do think Carter, out of all four women, I do think Carter signed the most only for the innovation in her offense compared to any of, like, everyone else did their thing. But distinctly during a hot tag, Carter does a literal fucking, like, American football, you know, what's what's it where they do the spin? Literally does a spin to, you know, to completely ignore a big boot and then starts laying down the offense. Yeah. Like, there's a size difference, but you almost couldn't tell in that in that minute, you know? And yeah. uh, really enjoyed that that little dynamic. Like, each person brought something good to the table, even even where there was uh, mistakes or grievances. Exactly, yeah. And the likes of the Caden, as we were saying about, she does that spin to kind of avoid a move. It's it's one of them, it's not, like, it's natural. It's no wasted movement kind of thing. Whereas if you look at certain moves, yes. like say, um, when we when they had Dean Ambrose say, in WWE and used to do that slingshot kind of clothesline, he'd fall into the middle rope. That's not a natural movement yeah. to do. Do you know what I mean? If you were to get yeah. punched, you automatically wouldn't go down and bounce off that middle rope. Do you know what I mean? Like completely horizontal. Like if, yeah. if fair enough, if he fell into it, like the way uh, Undertaker used to fall into a rope yeah. and you hit it hard, but he would like literally go completely horizontal and stuff like it's, it's hokey, you know, it and is not yeah. in like the people's elbow good kind of way. Yeah. It stands out like, and you're like, Ugh. Stands up for the wrong reasons, yeah. a bit. Uh, but yeah, winners in that match that was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think they're going to win the tournament. Um, yeah, I do. I just I can't see anyone beating them because, as you said, you have Dakota Kai who plays that whole like like chicken shit heel kind of role, and then Raquel is almost like the diesel to poor Shawn Michaels. And yeah, that's also a testament to Dakota Kai because she's rapping in the ring like drumming and her kicks and this that and the other she has gone. They're just great, and then. Raquel is just yeah. on that level now. Like I don't know what it is. I just the more I watch her, I'm like Jesus. She's just or, so- or like she's evolved very fast. Like yeah. it's 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 rapid. Like it's I put that up in the category of like the bigger, more athletic um, star of a pair being alongside like Braun Strowman. Like people quickly forget he was straight to main roster, green as grass, pretty awful, and yeah. then like six months doing kip ups with the big show. Like just not about shouldn't kill, be yeah. doing that. Like yeah, yeah. so. It's a testament to them. Um, I mentioned criticisms a minute ago. Now, we had a botch uh, early on in the match before the ad break. Uh, yeah. well, ad, ad break. But, um, and it was... Um, Kat and Zara was meant to be doing some type of over-the-top rope uh, Horkarana, I think, or or, or uh, head scissors. Yeah. And I don't know if Dakota Kai did, just didn't catch her or something. Dakota Kai, for fuck's sake, she went with the move anyway, took it and sold it, you know, just fucking ate that shit porridge. But um, I don't know whose fault it was out of the pair of them, but it definitely was a... Uh, and then they both hot-tagged in and let the other two women work. Um, yeah. Smart that they just brushed it off, but, uh, you know, obviously we have to criticise these things where they... I, I think they're the stars themselves maybe put it up the nerves, but I think they're good enough to maintain the consistency that we have seen from them on other occasions. So I would like to, obviously... Uh, see them be as as consistent as they have been and continue to be. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like as you said, like the occasional botch here and there, it's as well as because they're pushing themselves to do that to go out of that comfort zone almost. And you know what? Yeah, I can I can flip over this rope here and I catch it in the head. So it's not about it. And it's that level of trust as well. So fair balls to them. And then it was smart making the hot tag as well to kind of clean up after it because then you're not yeah. you're not really picking it apart. And you know what I mean, you're, you're not sitting there and being like oh that was a bit of a botch and then nothing really happens yeah. for a minute or two where they're kind of a bit awkward so it was good to see um every lucha botch ever yeah where, where someone falls and it's just like better stomp on them yeah it's like god dude this literal reaction is oh you know <laughs> yeah let's see so so yeah gonzalez and dakota Koi picked up the win onto the finals now the dusty cup 
Um, following that was Austin Theory against Leon Ruff. Austin Theory um, accompanied down to the ring with Johnny Gargano. By Johnny Gargano, sorry. And um, so Leon Ruff and Johnny Gargano, they're still in that field. It feels like it's kind of screeched to a bit of a halt now. It's not really, yeah. I, I, it's stale, isn't it? Yeah. It is a bit stale, yeah. But um, that being said, that match, Austin Theory and Leon Ruff, it lasted, I think, five minutes. And my God, it felt like it went on about 15. The amount of shit they got in each. It's just crazy. It was... It was it was heavy moves like there was there like the moves that was stellar. Yeah, and then the likes of like uh, what's his name Leon Ruff. Like I really like him. I I think he's deadly. He's definitely one of the high flyers to watch. I'd say now over the next year or so, I'd say he's going to be like well, hopefully he'd be pushed. Um, like he had that he had a tag team with Kushida, but obviously they got knocked out of the, the Dusty Classic there. So I I think that's yeah. another thing that kind of took away from that feud between Ruff and Gargano was the fact that the Dusty Classic was on as well. And you kind of have to take people out of that. Yeah, you see, Ruff, he has, he has like the moves. Say, has you know the athleticism, charisma to just do so much. And I think a person like him who doesn't exactly do something style methodical to say the way that Orton would, like you said it earlier on when you're saying like you go to a show, you might get twenty minutes of microphone. And although that show didn't need it, it definitely didn't. I I do think that that would be a good interruption to character because when you have someone who's all go all the time just slamming and, and balls of the wall and all that and then on top of that you have all of the ongoing kind of things to think about like a dusty classic and and like any other existing storylines i do think sometimes it's okay to slow things down just a little bit and um, like you said it's a five minute match and that felt like it just lasted so long because it was just so dense like it was, it was such a yeah. dense match to watch like yeah and that's the thing if they slow down a bit i think it'll the likes of Leon Ruff, he'd look a bit crisper than in the ring or a bit cleaner because it is a bit scrappy. Yeah. Again, the size yeah. plays a part into that as well. But like Austin Theory as well, he's he's deadly in the ring. He he doesn't really do much for me. Is it like I wouldn't pay the same kind of thing? He's one of them wrestlers. It's like the way you had um, what would you call him? Like some of the other guys that do be around now, like the likes of a Jackson Riker and stuff. Yeah, they have a good look and a decent move set, but yeah. nah, they don't do that for me. But it was a deadly match, and then it was the little nod to Eddie Guerrero as well that Leon Ruff did outside the ring. Really got um, yeah. Johnny Gargano sent to the back. Like, did he, he like, pretend that he got hit by him and stuff? Yeah. Threw himself on the ground. Did a little Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, you always, yeah, you always love the little homages there. Like those yeah. are those are pretty good. Um, honestly, I think you hit it. If I would have to watch another match, if then two had to go again, or if I had to see Gargano continue the feud. Honestly, I'd like something where you know the heel is doing the heel thing. You know, stomp on some elbows and and play it slow get the momentum to build a little bit before you just vomit everywhere moves and action like it doesn't always have to be all go no. I think that's a good example of too much in not enough time yeah yeah like that's the thing it was it was good to watch but again you couldn't watch it more than once essentially um yeah like a Lord of Rings film yeah pretty much <laughs> the, um after the match as well what's his name Austin Theory then continued the beating on Leon Ruff and he went aside to get a chair I think it was and Dexter Loomis showed up behind him and grabbed yeah. him and ended up reefing out the clump of his hair, which was pretty cool. I like that Dexter Loomis. I actually think he has that kind of potential to go on and be that. I, I think he reminds me a bit of the way they tried to build Heidenreich years ago. But then Heidenreich came Just up like a, a, a fucking Yeah. It's gonna it reminds me of when they were starting to be all freak Lars Sullivan thing. Um yeah. Like just, I just thought I, I, I like how they build them characters, but I hate how they execute them. The execution is usually poor. Yeah, yeah, he just squat. Yeah, he squashes like six or seven mid carters who are definitely gonna be here for another five years, and then 
six months later, you're like, do you remember this guy? Like, it's you could literally write a book on big men WWE wanted to push as big men or monsters, and it only worked for yeah the big K and Undertaker and fucking I can't even actually yeah I can't even think of a fourth big dude main event and I'm like that wasn't already pre-established. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you have? Yeah, have oh, you had Undertaker, <laughs> you had Kane, did you? Because you kind of cut out a second ago. Uh, so big show, big show. Uh, Braun, oh, sorry. maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he, yeah, he went against Goldberg Mania, even if it was a spot. Yeah, let's yeah. let's throw him in there. Yeah. yeah. So, don't drop the ball on 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 uh, Dexter Lumis. Dexter Lumis, Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> oh, it's been a long fucking week. Sorry. It's gas though, because obviously people can't see this, but all you can see you and your hands are just up front of you, like on 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 on. <laughs> it's just yeah, like <laughs> I'm about to forget my own name, man. Oh, stop! Should call you Daryl and all. <laughs> <laughs> There was um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, solid match, fairly short, but got a lot in, and then they kind of forwarded that Dexter Loomis kind of attacking Austin Theory now, kind of building to a feud. Um, mm-hmm. next up then was another dusty tag team classic match, and it was Lucha House Party against Legado del Fantasma, match of the night, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, then again, like... then again, actually, the main event was pretty pretty sick but we'll go we'll go we'll we'll break this one down for us anyway so yeah do, yeah do this one for us yeah yeah so do you want to take the reins there because i can see you almost jumping out your seat there <laughs> trying to talk oh, about oh man like for, like right so like just if you want to do a lucha match if you want to you know and i'm not being uh, this isn't like racist this is classic wwe to chuck all the mexicans together they say no uh let yeah. the irish lad and the scottish lad fight yeah oh you're from the uk here's a faction full of other non-americans like yes. just it bleeds of it Every other time we've seen the Luchas and the Spaniards and the fucking Mexicans and stuff just all gather together in a Raw ring or a SmackDown ring. It's always been such a letdown because like that, here's five minutes, here's seven minutes, make it work. And the guys are just, they're just stuck down there. That was the type of match where it almost didn't matter who won. You like, you would happily tune into another one or another two of those matches. And that says something because Lucha House Party make up exactly 50% of the exact same bundle of people who in a different match on a different stage have been so deflating and disappointing where they almost treat those matches as the piss break, which is a disrespect to the, to the performers. This match was loaded and it had the right amount of time, the right amount of execution, every, you know, heel tactic and face moment, the right amount of momentum was built. I just, I can't compliment enough. Well done to the four, four lads. Excellent, excellent match. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, like, right off the bat, it was quick. It was going to be fast-paced anyway because you had, like, the, the four Lucha guys. But as well, because we're so, I suppose, your brain's almost tricked into, oh, this is the way Lucha wrestling works in WWE. You're almost tricked into thinking, right, the heel guys are just going to hold them down, a few rest holds here and there, and then they'll do, like, big moves, like suplexes and stuff like that. And some, oh, yeah, we'll distract the ref there'll be a tag made that isn't a tag that's the way you're expecting it but this was proper like as close as you can get to say if you watch AAA or CM that kind of luchador wrestling obviously it didn't have that kind of rule where you slide out a ring and the next person's in but it was still it moved on with a quick pace Uh, Grand Metalik again he's just so good he um, master the springboard eh? yeah literally like the the nickname I remember when they were doing the Cruiserweight Classic he was like oh he's the master of the ropes and all and he used to run across the ropes and stuff and again, they, they kind of throw that kind of spot into any match he does. But it's yeah. almost like he's being like whispered in his ear, like, play it a bit safe there, will you? 
and yeah. don't go away your he, way. He teetered when uh, Dorado helped him get up on the ropes for that springboard against uh, one of the Phantasma lads, and I was just like, okay, I think we're seeing a, a calmer version of it, but it was welcome. It was definitely oh, yeah, welcome. absolutely. Yeah. He was. He wasn't. He wasn't about to. Yeah. <laughs> All I would know. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it it was really good to see. There was um, like I'm looking here. Let's see. Yeah, there was a part, that's what it was, when Lindsay Dorado, he went like ham kind of thing. He literally, he took out Wild, he took out Mendoza, he was going back and forth. Literally, it was yeah. almost, think you're almost thinking to yourself, right, they might win that, like, Lucha House Party actually might win this. Yeah. And then he got an absolute jawbreaker. It was whopper looking. And then you had the Phantasma guys then on top, whatever. They ended up winning and they go on to the finals now in the Dusty Classic. Again, yeah. the whole legato del Fantasma, um, what's his name? Mendoza Wild. Mendoza, yeah. Mendoza Wild, and oh my god, I can't even remember the Cruiserweight champion now. Oh, uh, San. Oh, Santos Escobar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Escobar. Jesus. Fuck it, I was about to call him. Yeah, all right, go on. Yeah, but um, them three lads, that little faction that they've built, it it's deadly. It's strong. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can. Like, yeah, they work. They work well as a team. Don't get me wrong, but individually as well, you can see that they they're being given that time and space in the ring to be like, right, you you show what you can do. So then yeah. you're not you're not almost worried like, oh well, if if they're if they're not having a tag team match, Mendoza might flail a bit, or if Fantasma doesn't have, oh if Santos Escobar doesn't have them boys with him in the corner, he might lose this title. They they yeah. all are genuine workhorses, and it was great to see them given that time. Like, I I hope I really do hope. That for as long as those lads are, you know, NXT cruiserweights in that in that general region of respectful wrestling, I genuinely hope we don't see them turn into um uh oh what was it what was their last gimmick Los Matadores oh yeah primo and Epico. six six different gimmicks those lads had yeah six like absolutely unnecessary for two very very capable very talented wrestlers like i don't need to i don't need to tell anyone about their resume like you know who they had as family where they came from what they've done in the ring i i cannot they can't be undecided enough get lose your house party get uh phantasma lads and just get a nice faction more if you have to for as long as that train will go because the minute, and you, you see it all the time with WWE, where you can't tell which one is which, that's something that's always pissed me off when it comes to the the, the, the poorer booking of tag teams. It's, oh, well, which one is that? Uh, he's the one who does the flip. Or, oh, he's the one who does the headlock or something. And it's just, you have to, like, you have to become invested in that. And I think you hit it on the the head when it comes to those lads. Like, you, you'll know if Mendoza's in the ring. Like, that's that's a great thing to know. That's fantastic. Like, um. And it doesn't always go that way for a lot of tag teams. Um, a great, another good example of one that they broke up. Um, uh, Buddy Murphy and Blake Wheeler, I think his name was. Uh, so, but yeah, Buddy and uh, Murphy and Buddy Blake. Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Buddy yeah, Murphy yeah. and Blake Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, that like, pe- which one is Murphy? That was like a, a running, yeah, running was, gag yeah. for a while. Like, yeah, because they were called Murphy and Blake, um, weren't they? And they were with Bliss and on, with, with like yeah. Bliss as well. Yeah, yeah. Lake and Murphy's and uh, that's the type of thing, like you know, you take a look and a tag team match like tonight should show uh, talent and show management and that. Like, it didn't have to be a total finisher fest, didn't have to be a spot fest. It was just pure wrestling, and it was fantastic to watch. Yeah, they played to that strength and it showed really. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so the the Phantasma guys anyway, uh, Wild and Mendoza, they move on to the final now. Yeah. 
Again, yeah, hope they win it. Hope yeah. they win it. Eddie, we'll pick for Eddie. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, then after this, then we had Edge in the ring for the first time, an NXT ring. So it was just deadly because you had Pete Dunne forced coming in. You've seen him come into the arena with, um, mm. what you call him, Oni Larkin and Danny Borch. They came in together and he was like, oh, what are we doing? Where are we going? He's like, I'm looking for Balor. So Pete Dunne went straight to the ring, basically calling out Finn Balor. They have that, obviously, that feud going now because Balor's the world champ. Pete Dunne wants it, essentially. Um, so yeah. Balor comes out a bit of back and forth between them saying Pete Dunne basically is a sissy because he's hiding behind the other two boys they fucked off anyway and then Edge comes out and one it was surreal to see Edge there to be honest with you it's still surreal yeah. to see him in general like I mean even from last year's Rumble I still feel a bit like Jesus mad he's back you know, it's like when Daniel Bryan came back as well it's one of them things that kind of sticks well, like Edge, Edge Edge was a guaranteed no show ever again and then he's here like it's yeah it gives you it gives you the good feels, you know. It does, yeah. It's it's great to see. Like, but um, he was in the ring then with Balor and um Pete Owen, and they were just basically Balor, oh, Balor, what's you call him? Edge. He was eyeing up Balor's title. And he was saying this is intriguing, and, and the yeah. best thing, the best thing he could have done was literally exactly what he done in the ring there. Because one, yeah, he said it's intriguing. The NXT title is intriguing to him because he's never had it. So one, you're yeah. putting over NXT and the fact that this title is prestigious, which it probably is. It, if you think about it, it's one of the most prestigious titles in terms of who's held it. Every, oh, yeah. Like nearly every main roster guy that's come up from NXT who's been a big time player has held that belt. Um, and even the ones who haven't, like the likes of Baron Corbin, he still made a name yeah. for himself anyway, do you know what I mean? But there is so many great people who have held that belt. And then... I, I, I'd like to think of it as the non-hand-picked main eventers. It's all of the world-renowned wrestlers who, oh, yeah. weren't, who weren't The Rock or they weren't the Lesnar or Roman Reigns or something. It's all the people who had to slog through fucking all of the indies and fucking, you know, playing in front of 300 people in the Tivoli in Ireland. Here's a shout-out to Pete Dunne. Yeah. sweating on us with Matt Riddle and all the rest of them like. yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's good to see like when you when you have these workhorses then and they don't just go straight up to the main roster and you ah, see you later like even the likes like some of the other lads like I suppose CM Punk and all back in the day Daniel Bryan back in the day they had that kind of adjustment period because NXT wasn't around obviously so they mm. had that adjustment period and it's, it is like what would you say fight or fall so if you don't make an name for yourself or you, if you can't get over with management you're pretty much dead in the water like so it is yeah. it is great to see how nxt has been since since they won't well not they won when they did a little gimmick with the whole odds oh, talent show but i mean after that when they actually sat down rebranded this is wrestling it's it's yeah. great to see like but um so yeah so edge decided to say he's intrigued with his belt he he could possibly want this belt um and then another great thing that he did was he said that with raw smackdown and wwe they focus a lot on the E, the entertainment part of, of the entertainment aspect of the, the company. And then he said NXT is great because it focuses on the second W, which is wrestling. And that was just, he just put over the whole brand in like yeah. two sentences. Like, it's just amazing. And um, again, he didn't get really involved in the whole like, oh, well, Pete Dunne shouldn't fight him because I won the Royal Rumble. He didn't, he didn't step on any toes, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was like he gave respect while I am... Um, you know, while, 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 I don't know, earning it in the one sense, if that makes any sense, like you kind of, you give respect to get respect. Yeah. Um, although, I would, and I'm not picking on him, well, he, I would have, if I had to write the script myself, I would have said the same stuff as Edge, you know, that's word for word, perfect performance. But I do find that there's a little, a little thing in my head that's going, 
wait a minute, didn't he slag Drew McIntyre, who's a champion, for like complimenting them all? And then he goes on another yeah. show and compliments them all. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, actually, now that you say it. Well, um, uh, I digress. Uh, fantastic uh, speech from Edge. I thought the face to face between um, Don and Balor and, and and what they said before was it was excellent. It was just that was that was good non violent wrestling. Like that's where you have the lads come in and they dress the way they want to dress and they're doing the thing. And I like the dynamic because to be fair, everyone's a fan of Edge, so he's kind of he's a face by proxy. But Edge was never really a face. Yeah. Um, that much anyway but like in in that trio in that ring like who's definitely the heel <laughs> that's i like i like to ask him that question because that's 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 intriguing like that's there's no real dynamic to it. i mean balor was supposed to be and like Dunn, you could say definitely is but like Dunn was never a face either and it's kind of it's good i like what i'm saying this is it's good tv like yeah it's almost like they're all anti-heroes they're just like people you yeah. you love to hate or you hate to love kind of thing it's always that yeah. that feeling which was good but um it's like the punisher and venom and all like it's just like yeah, yeah that kill characters they're, regardless they're bastards but they're pretty cool bastards yeah uh, we'll move on then uh, because we'll see a bit more of edge now in a bit but um so next up was an actual match again and it was jesse kamea against tony storm this there's no point in even spending time to be honest with you on this because it wasn't really a match it was just mm. placed there to um for the story between Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and what's the other one's name? Oh, the other one who's in the triple tray. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, is it? Martinez, sorry. I was wondering why, I was like, you're not talking about Kamei, are you? Because, you know, oh, she kind of... Uh, yeah, definitely furthered along the the, the ongoing Batman, the chaos, as as WWE loves to say. It's not yeah. too chaotic, but um, for what it was, Tony Storm shown. I uh, always love seeing her. I think she's a fantastic performer. Oh, yeah. uh, Kamea did her job. Fantastic. And yeah. Uh, yeah, let's look forward to see where they're taking it. That's it. Yeah, it's just fairly short. Like, And then the likes of Io Shiroi came out and Mar- Martinez came out and started laying into Tony Storm. And then it was just gas because mm-hmm. the camera pans around. Io Shiroi's just sitting on the top of the not doing that and just watching them kick themselves each other because again if you're a champion that's what you would do you wouldn't jump yeah. into it like why would you and then she hit the diving moonsault again which just looks rapid like she's just so good um, yeah. but yeah so they're leading up to their triple threat now on Valentine's Day um, at Vengeance Day which Vengeance the, Day yeah. I wouldn't have put the day in it but that's just me I suppose um, yeah but, but you're thinking you're thinking as a historic fan not exactly. as a marketer yeah. so Vengeance Day actually makes sense for anyone who wasn't around when Vengeance was a thing that's back it. in like 02 yeah. so yeah you know yeah little playing out to Valentine's Day good work to the marketing graduate who decided on that one yeah <laughs> getting a bit a juicy raise I'd say but oh, um, yeah it was yeah <laughs> but uh so yeah that was just to kind of further, further along that story so we'll just that that's finished anyway do you know what i mean they're having a the triple trip mercedes martinez io shiroi defending our belt then against tony storm as well that's happening on the 14th and then after this then it was santos escobar against court stallion uh escobar defended this cruiserweight championship against court stallion uh both of them are great in the ring make no make no qualms about that i don't like court stallion um, I don't think he gives anything fresh or new or he's don't get me wrong he's sound he's sound in the ring uh, great rings have he j- looks great but he just yeah. he, he does nothing for me he's bland to me especially if you hadn't watched this for four weeks and you don't know who Court Stallion is and you turn it on um, Escobar so, uh, great 
Esquire, no, Esquire is fantastic. I'll pose an interesting question though, because we do we do run through a lot of kind of like play by plays and the match kind of you know, like you said, your opinion of, of Sack. What would you change about him? What what would what would be the missing ingredient? If you took a teaspoon of something and fucked it into the cup of uh, and gave it a store, what would it be? Hmm. That's a good question because see he has a lot of things going from which i mean like i think he came second in like a, the ring of honor top prospect tournament a few years ago that's where i first seen him i think it was 2017 no it could have been earlier than actually i remember seeing him and i was like this guy's pretty cool again even back then he he just had a bland look um he had like a high ponytail kind of like trimmed kind of physique pair of jocks on grant right he looks good and then he's one of them guys like the way you have a daniel bryan or like the cm punks that have come through the ranks they have that like they don't go out of their way to look flashy or big or jacked but they're amazing in the ring and that's he is very good but like drew gulak yeah yeah like you know you're guaranteed a good match but you're not guaranteed to be blown away do you know what i mean especially with a character i think he doesn't really have a character do you think maybe it would be a bit of a gimmick refresh and maybe mm. take, adopt more of the WWE style of have like, you know, your, your move of doom and a fucking, or your Smackdown? And a, I would, yeah. Like I, yeah. I would give him a, a, a character because the thing he's doing now is that stereotypical, well, I'll chip, off, chip off the old block, good guy. Like he's really like, oh, I'm, I'm from a small town in Texas. I'm the lone star yeah. kid. I was like, well, a million and one lads have come from Texas. Do you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, some have come from bigger towns and made it. But, regardless texas is a yeah. wrestling like state to begin with so, so it doesn't matter if you're in the back arse of nowhere or you're from houston or dallas regardless wrestling is i suppose is in your blood if that's where you come from and that's what you want to do so yeah. we we know about that do you know what i mean you don't need to that's like saying if i if i got signed to WWE tomorrow and i'm like oh yeah i'm from a very small place in uh, in dublin ireland it was like well one you're from dublin ireland Two, you're from the most populous place in Dublin, Ireland, I think, Kintala. And then yeah. three... <laughs> 10% oh, of the fucking pop here. Literally, yeah. And then three, they'll probably, all right, here's a shillelagh. Here's a, a point of Guinness. Dump that on your opponent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can do all them stereotypes, but have a bit more. Do you know what I mean? I think, like, when it comes to, you know, plucky baby faces and, and, and the aggressive heels... Um, I think there's very few examples of people who can pull off, like you said, like an anti-hero, like the way Rollins or Balor can, and can then twist that into, you know, bastard heel uh, when they want it, or into, you know, cool, smiley babyface. I think nowadays, irony is the one of the best senses of ways, like cynicism and that is one of the best ways to get over. And a great example of that is obviously um, Bo Dallas did it, and when he did an NXT, it worked really really well not so much on the main roster but the new day i think everyone forgets that the new day were happy go lucky plucky over the top happy go lucky plucky yeah everyone hated it so yeah. they they just embraced the heel turn and then the heel turn made them into an ironic fucking happy go lucky plucky gas kind of um you know poetry act almost if you want to if you want to call it that like they're just they were funny they were humorous they were athletic they did all the they ticked all the boxes i think he could do with something like that um a refresh on the tried and true and maybe if he was going to go full court angle make him do you know if he's going to be happy looking make him be a prick in the ring you know yeah um if you have to do something with him i i do think you just need to fucking stretch what he has out like and 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 and, and stop relying on what was tried and true because it doesn't always remain you know yeah because in that match as well against escobar like it was a deadly match don't get me wrong you can't fault the in room in ring walk but it was just very by the book, do you know what I mean? Like so, Escobar yeah. was on top of him from the minute the match the the bell went. He was on top of him, laying into him, 
heelish kind of tactics and stuff like that. And then they had the whole the the good guy comeback part, the little the face shine as they call it, or whatever. And he was like, oh, and then you're thinking, oh, he might win. He hits finish at the and but you know he's not gonna win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't feel like he was going to win because realistically, that would have been the time to maybe turn him, not necessarily heal, yeah. but put a bit more edge into him. Do you know what I mean? Like if he was yeah. to hit his finisher and then he pins him and then he kicks out too, pick him back up, hit the finisher again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or dump him out of the ring, lose your mind a bit, reef the turnbuckle pad off, drag him back in a Be, bit more. Show that you're human, like yeah, that you want like, to win this belt. Like I'd love, I'd love to see like more natural circumstance. Like imagine. Just create a bit of a booking for a second. We won't spend too long on it. They're on the top rope and it doesn't look like it, but it's staged. Escobar has a slip and he falls and your man's surprised and he's like, oh, well, take and, 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 yeah, take the advantage. And then kicks out too, picks him up, hits the finisher, kicks out too, stands up, freaking out. He's like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, doesn't know what to actually do. So he's like, uh, goes out and gets a chair, but doesn't know if he's going to use it. Doesn't like, he's like, Ah, uh, I don't really like doing this type of thing. Yeah. And your man gets up, and the ref's like reefing it off him. And then when the ref takes the chair off him because he knows he's not gonna, he's happy go lucky pucky. Escobar takes advantage, and then you're like, bastard heel move because like good guys do bad shit all the time. Um, yeah. take a look at John Cena for years, and I think people just they don't need to rely on such fucking black and white. No. Like let people fall into the grave. Let people go mad a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, like, what's the what's the matter with it? Um, yeah, what's the what's the point of not having it? Like flavor. Yeah. yeah. Put salt on your steak before you serve it on the pan. Yeah. That's just <laughs> that's just a that's just a home cooked tip. <laughs> but um, after that match, then uh, Carrion Cross came out to confront uh, Escobar. Escobar. Yeah. And what was deadly is obviously Carrion Cross is like it's not like he strikes fear into hard people. He's not a scary character, but he's intimidating. He ain't, he ain't a cruiserweight though. No, exactly. Yeah. So he's intimidating, staunch to the ring, face to face with Escobar. Escobar did not blink and he was really like, you're in my ring, pal. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if you're storming around here with your mug and this, that, and the other. He doesn't, he didn't care. He And that's what made him look great as well. Escobar off the bat. Yeah, stand there. You're like, yeah. whoa, he's, maybe he's not the fuck with either. Do you know what I mean? And then they had um, a bit of a stare down and Karrion Cross was saying like oh your time will come and all and he's like shoot yeah he's like get out of my ring and uh, be gone or whatever but um, it was it was deadly to see don't get me wrong but again you're, you're going to have a great match between the two but yeah. again it kind of holds up that cruiserweight title same with the whole Jordan yeah. Devlin situation on NXT UK he fought Dave Mastiff who's 350 pounds and you don't have interim champions for this long you, you really don't do you know what I mean yeah. you know have them fight and pick a winner or else I don't want to see it really do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> have Escobar drop the title if that's the case if you have more eyes on NXT have Escobar drop the title to Leon Ruff in a fucking open challenge or something whatever and then you're like oh Jesus and then before you can even exact any revenge on Leon Ruff have Cross come out and take the shit like kick the shit over see I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you but then I think back on poor booking decisions where titles changed hands sometimes to the right sometimes to the wrong and they've immediately ejected out of the title picture and into the feud, which sometimes um, like devalues certain champions. I, I, I think of Owens versus the Jericho distraction against Goldberg. Owens and Jericho had a stellar match. I don't always think that you need to vacate titles to allow progression of a of a star. Yeah. Um, and I think of the I think of the nineties. I think of when like every major title holder, like Triple H, was a world champion. Anyone then the Intercontinental title while Austin held the belt, you know, and yeah. it's not always nice playing second fiddle, but there's a point to this. Owens had the NXT belt, 
defeated John Cena when he had the US belt. So there was no, oh, well, but your your championship's only worth two points, but yeah, this one over yeah. here is worth three. It's like, allow it to be to be worth whatever the audience values it at. And I think yeah. if if Escobar got a win over Karrion Cross, even if it was through dubious means from the Phantasma lads or something like that, and, you know, you'd eventually close off their feud with a six-man tag or something like that. Like, the t- right, think of all of the feuds that... um. Uh, what are they called? Fucking Adam Cole and Co. have done. Not um, yeah, like Undisputed Era have held the belts and not held the belts while in half of those feuds. And then when the feud closes, they can continue to hold or chase the belt. And I think that's a very good way of having your faction and having your champion. Uh, and I'd say if you had at some point Escobar go over cross before dropping the belt, I think it elevates the belt alongside the the the, the star. You know the way? Yeah. Um, whereas if if Escobar loses prior to dropping the belt, he devalues the belt as well as the star. You know, yeah. if he loses the belt and then loses the cross, well... You can't see him back at that level again. Do we need to repeat it? Yeah. Like yeah. So. yeah, I, I get what you mean, actually. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and it has happened, yeah, a lot, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? So after this then, I think after this, we see an edge backstage, I think. And yeah, was he was that. basically... Sorry, go on. Was that when he got this like little interview and then came face to face with Cross? Yeah. So he was like chatting to Bronson Reed first, and then he was walking out, um, out into the park a lot and carrying Cross had a little face to face with him. And he said something about I think he said like you oh yeah, that's what it was. He was like, um basically we could have a match. Like, you know I mean, it would be it would be good, but maybe maybe it won't be good for you in terms of like Edge and his obviously conditions. And then Edge turned around. It was like, well, again, that kind of intrigues me, and that one might make me want to come back here, which you might yeah. not like, which is pretty good as well because that's almost teasing heel Edge, that kind of rated or superstar where he's like, I can do whatever yeah. I want to get under your skin, and carrying across people don't get under his skin, so that'd be pretty yeah. cool to see as well. Do you know what I mean? So again, that kind of that kind of um, he put over obviously carrying across, put over NXT again. And then he still looks like maybe he will show up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like Edge says it best when he's on the mic. Intrigue. Like he yeah. just teases it, all of the in, interesting kind of thoughts you could come up with. Like immediately, I was booking in my head Bala versus Edge at, yeah. at Mania. Yeah. And then I was, uh, I was also thinking, Jesus, like Edge, like wouldn't even have to, like he could win that. He could drop it the very next night there's no like he, he could be as fluid as he wants you know the way and that's what i think is is great about his return like that he he's always been a smackdown guy in my mind but like he could fucking be anywhere like and it's great it's honestly it's it's good it's really yeah, good. it is deadly to see like and onto the main event the main event was another dusty classic uh tag team match and it was gargano but well, not gargano jesus christ yeah, Tommaso champa no, no, and Thatcher. yeah against the Undisputed Era lads, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Yep. Um, again, just oh my god, what a match! And yeah, it was man, man Galbar, yeah. yeah, it really was. And like Timothy Thatcher show, stole the show for me, just the bare bones, gritty kind of a catch as catch can wrestling, and yeah. it's just pure joint manipulation and stuff like that. It just it stands out to you because you're like, that looks poxy sore, like, and he makes yeah. everything and he sells stuff as well, like, even when he's. He might be twisting an ankle or he might be, say, bending an arm a certain way. And you can see he's making it a face. It looks like look he's like, talking. Like, like, exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. So he's making yeah. a face. He's selling with his face. But then you'll see a smile creep over his face. Almost he's like, oh, yeah. Especially when he hears them yeah. kind of shout. He'd be like, oh, yeah, there you go. Because he's 
it's one of them things like, oh, I'm happy I'm inflicting this pain. And he has that kind of demeanor that it looks like. It's like when Champa did the whole uh, torn on Gargano and he was laughing at him when he was hurting him. It's that kind of, yeah, he's a he's a bastard. And like sadistic, like yeah. sociopath. Exactly, yeah. But um, yeah, deadly match. They all look great. In fairness, it was very back and forth. And to be honest with you, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see Thatcher and Champa win it. But I had a weird feeling because the likes of the Undisputed Era lads, they don't necessarily lose a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I was thinking they might win the Dusty Cup at the time. I was thinking that. And just when I saw how much offense the likes of Champa and Thatcher were getting Thatcher. in and smart tags as well, it wasn't tag for the sake of it. It wasn't tag for a hot tag. It was, right, I have this guy pinned down here. Old school Dudley's kind of cutting the ring in half, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Deadly. Don't don't let him cross that fucking diamond line. Like. Exactly, yeah. And it was yeah, yeah, yeah. like a... What was his name? Um, like Adam Cole, obviously, yeah, he's a star, obviously. But um, Roderick Strong just looked deadly in it as well. He's obviously the overlooked member, I, f- I feel, of the Undisputed uh, Era. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, no no, no doubt about it. And, like, even if you look at the wrestler's history as like a, as a whole, like, you know, um, when he was part of the earlier tag teams and stuff outside of NXT, like, he definitely had absolute belters with, with, with folks. I, I actually think about one with uh, him and Daniel Bryan and stuff, and it's like, you know, like he definitely doesn't get as fair a shake as he deserves. And I do hope to one day see him in that scene, even if it's for, for an intercontinental title against a bloke or something. But like, I just, I do think he, he, he's definitely on track to guest somewhere, um, hopefully soon. But that match was amazing. Last night, and they all they all shown, but uh, strong and Thatcher were the two take home guys, and I, I I think that's more indicative of maybe um where we've come along with Adam Cole and, and Champa being at the top of the mountain for such a long time that now it's not so much that they're ring hogs or spotlight hogs. Like uh, we did get that really good spot with, with with Adam Cole when he bolted into the ring, super kicked fucking Champa, yeah. and then was just or uh, Thatcher, and then was going straight into it like um. And then obviously you're finished with the widow's bell and stuff. I just, I it was just it was a clinic wrestling match and it was uh, like all the storytelling was left in the ring. Yeah, it really was, and it proves that. Like I know, obviously WWE are mad for throwing tag teams together, and I'm not saying the obviously by no means of one of the disputed era thrown together. Thatcher and Champa obviously had the fight pit match a few weeks back, and they were kind of thrown together to get into that Dusty Cup, and it's one of them things. Like if I whoever came up with that idea, I'd I just I'd love to shake a hand because that's just so smart having these two like as we were saying the sadistic kind of guys put them together and see what they can do and all four of them in the ring obviously are great singles competitors but my god they worked so well as tag teams you'd swear they were tag teams for years like not about it and it was just it it would be it would be fantastic to see though where you get like-minded wrestlers like that together like Undisputed Era a great example of it but imagine if there was a similar faction for the next War Games where I know we've seen Undisputed Era in every War Games but like yeah. if we had Thatcher Dunn um, Champa and uh, Mary Skrull yeah yeah that would that would be a hell of a matchup yeah absolutely bunch of bastards trying to break the arms of a couple of uh you know, a couple of pretty boys and a couple of rough and puffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it was it was just deadly. It was a great way to close the show as well in terms of like in-ring stuff. Like, because sometimes obviously you'll check your phone, so you'll check the time and you'll be like, Jesus, it's five minutes left. And you know, you're not going to get a full match or you're checking there's 15 minutes left and you're like, yeah, it might not be enough time. Um, yeah, Savage, great way to end the show. And then they had, um, so they went, was it Tommaso Ciampa and Thatcher picked up the win. Uh, yeah. Ciampa hit the widow's bell on... Roderick Strong 
Roderick Strong, yeah. Yeah, and you could see as well Adam Cole's face when they got eliminated. There's cracks there starting to happen. Um, a lot of people think that it could be actually Kyle O'Reilly to splinter off because of the whole, he had the Balor feud and then he's kind of siding with Balor now a lot. And obviously Balor yeah. came into the fold as well. But yeah. I think I think what will happen is Adam Cole will be like, I'm done with this, I'm sick of it. And he'll leave for the main roster. And Balor could even take that spot. Maybe if they wanted to do it like that, they don't have to, but obviously that would, he'd fit in there as well, obviously. But um, yeah. it was it was cool to see Adam Cole's reaction afterwards. He was like, fuck, it's another loss now. We don't have a dusty cup to chase. We don't have. Uh, they don't. They're not in the title picture in any titles really either. Yeah. Like Bobby Fish is out injured, and so you can put say Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Roddy Strong together, but the, the tag team belts you won't get into that picture. So because the dusty classic, if you win that, you get the tag team title shot, isn't it? So yeah, there's no room for them. And then obviously Dawn, Balor, Karrion Cross now obviously is pretty much main event star. Main title picture. Yeah. And then Gargano holding the NA belt, like yeah. Yeah, look, it's 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 tough, and there's no real low or mid card in NXT. You're 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 either you're you're opening the show or closing the show. You know yep. that way, like, and I do think that there there will come a point where you know Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole will need to evolve. Um, I do hope that their eventual breakup is not. Uh, like not on the same scale of say the Sheila DIY where they then have to go and double back on themselves to reuse the 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 whole gimmick around like that. Like some things work, like when you get a 10 year reunion of fucking evolution. Um yeah. even though all those lads bet the shit out of each other for fucking 14 to 18 months straight. Yeah. And then sometimes it just it falls flat like the Sheila and Y family reunions that happen like six months after and a year after and stuff like everyone wants to see it, but like slow built and you know if we get a slow dissolve of them I think it should be Adam Cole says fuck it we'll see you later and it's just an annoying vacancy and yeah. then he can go and do Raw or Smackdown or, or whatever and then at least if in the future there's a spot for him to jump out of the crowd and super kick someone and, or help out with his mates again you leave a spot open uh, exactly, New Day yeah. did it and I think it's just it's effective that way you don't always have to have a Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels like, yeah, you don't you have don't, to have yeah. someone lose out you know yeah yeah dead right in fairness but um, after that, then they went up to the top of like the little Titantron thing. They have their little ramp, and they were looking at the the Dusty Classic kind of bracket. And then Grizzled Young Veterans, the NXT UK team, they came out and had a few words with them because they're fighting each other now in the next round. Um, yeah. Grizzled Young Veterans and Tommaso and Thatcher. Thatcher. Yeah, so it was it was good to see because maybe people who watch NXT like say semi regularly or regularly enough but don't really keep up with the UK side they might not really know Grizzly Young Veterans they might have seen one or two matches so it was good to see them come out and like fair balls to them because they're usually the kind of heels and straight away they came out they were like yeah they were heels but they were still aggro like yeah you're not going to walk over us pal do you know what I mean yeah. so it was good and they're established tag team they've been tagging for a while like, do you know what I mean so it was it was good to see that and a bit of a like scuffle down at the top and I thought it was cool because Champa got in both of their faces and Thatcher just dead back laughing it was really like it doesn't even matter what these lads do. Like we'll we'll walk them. Not they're a breeze to us. So it was good to yeah. see. Like go way to close the show as well. Yeah, definitely. It was um, it was an excellent kind of little uh, exchange. And I do think you you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, when you don't have the more regularly known or regularly viewed or long term or long tenured um wrestlers on the exposure with the with the 
with the product i do think you need to venn diagram your 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 stars a bit and it's like okay let them be having this much overlap so that way the next time you tune in it might be on the one or the other but at least this time around it's both you know what I mean? yeah and um, definitely think we should see a little bit more of that across all of the all of the divisions now that there's so much scope within nxt yeah and um, you know women are in the dusty classic as well obviously but you know so yeah, there's a lot to not to digest. I want to uh, throw a special note to the interview that Gargano gave. Um, with um, what was it you kept calling her? Not um, um, shit. Not Megan or something. I can't no. remember what he was calling. Like, he was basically saying the old, uh, the old uh, com- uh announcer, yeah, yeah, announcer, yeah. Um, and then his and then his uh, little slapping with uh, Kushida. That was just classic, classic good wwe backstage segment like that was fairly i'm gonna get you fired why would you ask such a stupid question why would you mention the k word like you can't be mentioning kushida like god oh we're gonna get you fired mr regal i have someone to fire yeah i need to speak to mr regal he's busy yeah yeah kushida just and in the background you can see regal just sitting on a stool or something just in the back (laughs) he's just like yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm working on my penmanship. <laughs> yeah, I love Kushida though. I can't wait now. That that's uh, the thing. Like, what we'll do is before, as we're closing this out, we'll just chat about thing now. Um, that upcoming takeover, Vengeance Day on yes February fourteenth, so Valentine's Day or whatever. But Jesus, already there's three matches confirmed. All three are absolute bangers. So you have yeah. Kushida against Johnny Gargano for the North yeah. American Championship. You have the triple threat for the women's championship, Tony Storm against Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes, yeah. Yeah, Neo Shiroi. So that's going to be a banger as well. And then the main event, then Pete Dunne against Finn Balor. Like, my God, insane. Like, on paper, insane. Like, I know people can say, oh, well, NXT is like the smaller, the raw, the SmackDown. But like, if you had said that the lads that you literally watched, you know, in the Super Juniors in Japan and in the fucking in the smallest of small venues in UK and Ireland, like what four years ago, maybe was yeah, five, yeah, about four or five years ago, yeah. Like you and I were going to the shows. Yeah, the first Holy shit. show I seen was Pete Dunn, uh, cashing in. He like he won a briefcase the month before, and he cashed yeah. in on I think it was Joe Cavalry, was it? I think yeah, it was Joe Cavalry, yeah, yeah, because he he just won that night, as far as I remember, against um yeah, Luther Ward. His uh, name was thirty. Luther then. Ward, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah, so it was Ryan Smile, I think, against Luther Ward, I think, was the main event. And then yeah, Pete yeah. Dunne cashed in and bet um, Luther Ward. He gave him the yeah. bitter end, I think, and yeah. pinned him. And it was actually mad because he had kind of the short little uh, top knot that everyone had for yeah. a bit. He had, like, no facial hair, just like, yeah, yeah he had his ears stretched. And then the all-in-one kind of bruise away gear anyway. And he was just a small little stocky guy. And I don't know, yeah. so I don't know even know what age he is now, but it was about about four or five years ago, probably. Yeah, we're winning the OTT belt, like. Yeah, he just came out and out. Like that thing, obviously, he was an OTT kind of regular, but they came in Ryan Smile and stuff like that. They had a bit of a feud, but then he just came yeah. out, cashed in, won the belt. It was an absolute elation. The place went mad. I was like, holy shit, who was this guy? Because um, I was only at the scene him. So I was yeah. like, oh my God, because I didn't go to OTT the month or two before. Yeah. So. Oh my god! That was that was got taken aback now. And I know Irish uh, wrestling has its cringy stars and moments, like who play into the the Irish colloquialisms, and they don't really mean that on an international stage. But them lads, like even Jordan Devlin, like fuck, like he was just what was it they called him? 
in like as a bit of a joke in the OTT show, like was a shift in Balor or something like that. Yeah, shift like, shift in Balor or something they call them. Yeah, always losing and all, and then like he's fucking two time what's a cruiserweight and NXT UK champion, and he fought against Balor in the main event of one of the shows. I think that was the NXT show after all the lads were in Dubai or something like that. Yeah, it was um, the uh, NXT UK show, I think, wasn't it? He, he did a. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Balor, Balor was on the main roster and all at this point. Like, he, he was back in NXT. Like, yeah. Just because, yeah, because uh, Devlin was calling out. Um, oh, he was calling out someone. I can't remember who he was calling out. He was calling out someone. And uh, they weren't there. And he was like, yeah, yeah that means I win by forfeit. Exactly, yeah. Gets, Deadly. That was. Yeah, like so, it's great to see like these lads are, are coming up, coming along, and they're fucking doing real well. And um, it's actually kind of weird. Uh, I remember Jordan Devon came into my job before, and um, he was just doing a lot of or something. I was like, "All right, man." He was like, "Oh yeah, how are you?" Like, and it's like we knew each other. I was like, yeah. I fucking." And I remember just looking at him, going, "I fucking know him. Why do I have to be head?" And then he looks over his shoulder and says, "See, like, I don't think I actually know that fella." And I was like. Who's this Mark? Um, yeah. yeah. No, but that's the thing. Like, uh, I'm fairly certain the only reason we thought we recognized each other was actually an OTT show. I had absolutely nothing to do with that. Else. Gas, that man. were he came no, he came into my job before I fucking knew who he was. Oh, we get and, you, we get you. Because I, I was just doing my job and he was just come in and do a few bits, you know. So that's yeah. uh shout out to Jordan Devlin if you if you remember coming into me and uh I think it was Don Drum, probably. It definitely yeah. was. Yeah, <laughs> mad that was nice. Yeah, like fair yeah, balls, like they're all like yeah, busted their ass, and that they're all there now. And the likes of like Pete Owen and Finn Balor now main event, and that that show it's gonna be amazing. And then That's even like, for yeah, and then the other two matches that Rodri confirmed as well, as we said, like Kushida against Johnny Gargano. I hope Kushida picks up the belt just because oh, I love, him. I think he's great. Um, Kushida, Kushida, like Johnny Gargano, and I, I don't know, I'm I'm definitely gonna sound like I'm singing Thorid all jobs here. He doesn't need the belt. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> he's, he's a made man. Yeah, Kushida. Oh, I, I really hope he wins that because that's you know, like there's something special about it. And um, he's a fantastic competitor. And yeah. honestly, it'll give me the same vibes that Moxley having the NJPW, um, US one, is, it? yeah, the US one for them. Like, similar, I know it's not the same, but like, it's nice. It's good. It is, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, thing. and yeah. then, yeah, then the triple threat women's match that's going to be rapid. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I want Yoshiroi to retain just because she's probably my favorite on the roster. But I think it's Tony Storm's time now to yeah have a run with it now. Horse show in the fucking in the women's world rumble, and last year and even a few years ago when she was the NXT women's champion, uh, the UK women's champion. Yeah, I really hope Tony Storm wins it because she's the type of uh, champion that you'd get behind much in the same way you would with like a, a Daniel Bryan or a Face Baby. Yeah, but she's not. Like she's not like Cena, she's not like you know, happy go lucky, lucky charms. Yeah, she's not like a clean court kind of face, yeah. Yeah, she's she's like an Amazon, she's like a woman, like a warrior. Like, yeah, and that's that's what I think is cool about her is that she's just like she's just a soldier, like she just wants to go out and like bash heads and and you know, smile about it. Like, yeah, yeah. And she was great in OTT as well. Shout out to Tommy Stone, yeah, she was. Yeah, <laughs> it's mad. Yeah, the amount of them we actually seen, you think about it, but um, yeah. it's deadly seeing them on the bigger stages now. When are we going to see Martina step up and drink cans with fucking Sasha Banks and all? Like, oh, you won't, you won't see that in WWE. I'll tell you that now. I think that's why she's, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's happy enough in Ring of Honor, I'd say, because you get the you keep the gimmick, you have basically not yeah. full creative control, obviously, Jesus, but I just mean like she's happy enough there. And that's another thing, like a lot of people overlook the likes of a like an impact because obviously TNA was so good around say oh five or six or seven, even oh yeah. eight and oh nine it was deadly. But then it kind of fell off the map a bit. 
so people yeah. overlook impact and people overlook ring of honor because that fell off a bit because but then but that's, again that's that's where these lads can actually get a leg up like they can get yeah. an extra rung on the ladder simply because they're able to expose the low exposure of a company that has decent tenure and a, and a good foothold on the industry yeah. that's actually really good for these guys because like yeah, WWE are never gonna let Martina join them with the mandible Johnny. But like, yeah, yeah. there's other companies that will, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like even like if you think about it, if it wasn't for the likes of a Ring of Honor or a PWG or anything like that, you wouldn't have just go go high class. You wouldn't have CM Punk's. You wouldn't have Daniel Bryan's. You wouldn't have these guys. Samoa Joe, another big one. If that came Samoa out, Joe, you wouldn't have AJ Styles. You yeah. wouldn't have. Roderick Strong, you wouldn't have Adam Cole, you would man, yeah. this list will not end until you get down to Shinsuke and Balor, and that's because they were New Japan. Like yeah. Yeah, it, exactly, would, yeah. it wouldn't fucking end, like, you know. Yeah. But um yeah, it was good chatting about that NXT show anyway. Really good yeah. show. Um thoroughly enjoyed it, to be honest with you. I rather this week's NXT over this week's AEW. We'll go into AEW a bit more obviously next week, but I just mean overall yeah. I felt this show was stronger in terms of in ring. Like matches and oh, stuff yeah. it was just way the, better the, to me the in-ring storytelling was strong and yeah. um, you know botches were low say selling was high yeah it was really good um as far as like if i had to end my weekly wrestling watching on a show i'd nearly rather end it there and hope that smackdown just stays consistent because if i watch smackdown and it's worse i'm gonna be very upset <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i uh, have yeah so that's what we have next anyway smackdown's on tonight so we'll hop on here tomorrow that'll be next on the podcast we'll hop on here tomorrow do a smackdown review tomorrow being saturday so it'll be all right you know what i mean we'll, we'll all have time to watch it and stuff like that so happy days so yeah um we'll we'll finish up here um thanks very much yeah, for listening as usual yeah um yeah, yeah if, you, if you like this if you like the stuff we're putting out the these episodes whether it's reviews whether it's the newest thing that i did myself there the other day or whether it's say the old school kind of retrospective when we watched world number 1001 if you like any of this or you want us to do more of a particular thing or you have some criticisms good or bad um feel free to follow us on here on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts we're on apple podcasts we're on um acast stitcher spotify you follow us on any of them you can follow us on Instagram, Discus Laria Collective, and Twitter, the Discus Laria. Throw us a DM, comment on a post, whatever you want to do. Just let us know if you're liking it, if you if you would do something different. Um, or even send us questions if you want us to chat about something in particular. If mm. there's something that's on your mind that you're like, oh, I'd love to hear someone's thoughts on this, or yeah, we can work something out. Um but yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> whether it's whether it's six people listening or six hundred and sixty-six people listening um <laughs> number to be there you go uh, just just be critical fucking slap us with your knowledge hit us with what your thoughts are and why you think we're we're wrong why you why you agree with us uh let give us actual feedback here because like we enjoy doing this we want you to enjoy it and and bring different different styles different opinions on on the wrestling game at the minute and yeah. uh and, and see how far it takes us and then we take you um there's a million and one and you know wrestlers and there's a million and one people who, who want to chat about it but uh we're we're not doing it so we can get like 200 million subscribers and become the next pewdiepie or something like we're a couple of local lads just wanting to fucking chat shit and and, and hope you enjoy it so cheers that, for listening yeah that's it like and if you're like realistically everyone watches wrestling in a different way there's people who watch it 
in terms of oh I need to I need to break down every single bit that's happening I need to see right he's gone from point A to point B or or this story is moving along slower than this one why is this one moving faster why is this gimmick getting over why isn't this one everyone watches it for different reasons so some love the business some just want to tune out exactly yeah and then you have people who are just focused on different aspects as Glenn said of the business they might love the in-ring product they might want to see more backstage segments they want might want to just tune in and listen to someone talking a mic for an hour so whatever you feel like you want to talk about or you want to want us to talk about hit us with a message whether it's instagram as i said discus laria collective twitter the discus laria the links will all be in the description wherever you get your podcasts go over give us a follow shoot us a message and then um yeah we'll be back here anyway tomorrow we'll do a smackdown review and then during the week then we'll do a raw review and we'll hit up the current state of AEW, where it's going now with this whole NJPW agreement, if it is happening. So we won't go into it now, but yeah. So just want to say, mm. go ahead. Do you have something to say there, Glenn? <laughs> oh, it's just the humming. Just the oh, yeah. No, indeed. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. But um, yeah, so once again, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you back here then 